0: Are you thinking about buying or selling a home in the Bay Area this spring season? Are you curious what is actually happening? Are prices going up? Are prices going down? And what are the latest headline articles that may be impacting your decision? Well, my name is Spencer Sue, your favorite Bay Area real estate agent, and my team has helped over 200 clients in the last several years, buy and sell a home in the Bay Area. So I'm gonna be sharing with you all the data, what is actually happening, in real time, far months before the news, the news media will pick things up. But I also will go over some of the relevant headline articles of the month that may impact your real estate decision. Some of the things that we'll be talking about this month. What are the 10 wealthiest cities in the world? Do the bank closures, we just saw it happening this week with First Republic, will that impact the local real estate market? Mortgage fee changes. This is for conforming loads. There are a little bit of a, of a prices to subsidize those that don't have good credit. So we're going to talk about what does the actual sheet look like. Did you know that there's nearly twelve renters for each apartment? That's why you see rent prices continue to rock skyrocket here in the Bay Area. Microsoft, Google, and Apple has expanded more in the Bay Area, more acquisitions of space. We've heard of the Google Village. However, they are still adding in more corporate real estate. So we're going to talk about that momentarily too. Now let's jump right into it. Let's take a look at the data of the week, actually data of the month. So every month in the first of each month, we're going to be reviewing all that has occurred from the previous month. So you can see for yourself what has been going on. How does that month data stack with others? Let's take a look at Santa Clara County for single family homes. We will compare from April 2022 to April 2023. You can see that we are still declining from the previous highs of April 2022, from 195 to where we landed at 1771. However, it's been a very stark increase over the last few months. So if you're looking in December, January, February timeframe, it's been relatively flat during then. However, you can clearly see March and April has picked back up substantially. May figures will be higher than than April. I know this because I know what's being pending right now and these will become May results. So don't be not surprised that we may be very, very close to hitting all time record highs when the numbers come out for May. So it is important just to be mindful of this. I don't suspect there'll be too much crazier, at least I hope not, but we will see. But as you can see, April 2023, much, much higher than what it has been in March. And it's been a big increase over the last couple of months. Let's take a look at condos and townhomes, though. Is this actually having the same impact there? You can see March has been a big increase versus previous, but April had already cooled down. So condos and townhomes hasn't been as competitive or has not seen that increase of price. Now, let's take a look at San Mateo County. What's going on there? San Mateo County, kind of all over the place, right? February was the highest at that point. And then actually March and April kind of declined a little bit from there, but still higher than previous months. So, really interesting to see, right? Of that county alone. Santa Clara seems to have been doing the best. What about Alameda County? Take a look at Alameda County for single family homes. Is it following the same trajectory as? either San Mateo or um, Santa Clara County? The answer is kind of a little bit in between. It didn't have as big of an increase, as you can see, versus March, but it's still a little bit higher than what we have seen previously in March. Let's take a look at Contra Costa County. What's been going on with Contra Costa County? Now, Contra Costa County is very large. You have places like Walnut Creek, Concord, Antioch, Brentwood, that whole region, but you also have the northern parts of the Tri-Valley. So places like Danville are good examples of Contra Costa, which is still having competition. Uh, I have a few clients that are actively looking in in Danville, in Alamo. You can see this, right? You can see for yourself. Contra Costa County, April figures are much, much higher than it was in May. Getting pretty close, right? 900,000, it was a 980, so Lost like nine percent loss in the peak. It's getting awfully close, so gives you a little bit of a sense of the activity. Now let's wrap things up with San Francisco in terms of counties to consider. See what that looks like. Now keep this in mind. I'm doing this in real time, so it takes it does take time to load. So you can see San Francisco numbers. March same was very very strong there, but April had had a decline. So really, you see a couple areas, right? Contra Costa County, Alameda County, Santa Clara County, that the April figures are still doing very, very well. What do you think? Was this what you expected? Did you expect prices to be declining? Did you expect prices to increase? Why are we seeing this activity? If you haven't seen, you should check out my latest webinar, which I did, of explaining why we are seeing what we're seeing. Why are prices increasing? You hear all these different things on the news, but why are prices still increasing? It's because combination of things, we have this stability of rates. Rates have been between six to seven percent now for over six plus months. You also see the fact that uh, there's not as many homes that are being put on the market because, quite frankly, there's a lot less builders that are building anything. But at the same time, those that are keeping and owning a home, they would rather try to keep it and rent it out than try to sell it unless they really needed that money to do so. So some things to be mindful of. So. Let's take a look, a few things of the wealthiest cities. Like what are the top 10 wealthiest cities? Number one comes in New York. Number two, Tokyo. Number three, the Bay area, All right? Bay area, top three wealthiest cities in the world. New York, incredible. I wanna show you this. This is always very fascinating. California's Bay area, which includes San Francisco and Silicon Valley, rounded out the top three. The Bay area is home to 285,000 high net worth individuals. There are 629 centimillionaires millionaires and 63 billionaires in the Bay Area alone. California area saw a growth of 68% in its population of high net worth individuals from 2012 to 2022. Incredible growth, right? Absolutely incredible growth. So it shows like how is there so many people buying the homes that we're buying? How many people are easily able to afford these things? Quite frankly, as you can see, there's many people that can afford a whole lot more than just the homes that we have on the market. Continues to tech, biotech, the ecosystem that we have here continues to generate incredible wealth for a lot of, of people. So it's good and very interesting to see. Let's talk about next. How is First Republican Silicon Valley Bank fallout hurting the Bay Area real estate market? Now, I want to share a few things because this is a very fascinating chart. Some people may have known this. Others may have not. For me personally, I've kind of seen it A little bit on the background, and I'll kind of give you my point of view about all these different lenders. Here are the top ten Bay Area mortgage lenders by market share in 2022. This is Bay Area alone. Wells Fargo is the leader in mortgages by dollar volume of originated loans. Why is that? Wells Fargo is one of the most competitive with rates for those jumbo products, those homes that are over 1.1 million dollars. Those rates are lower than what you can get for homes under 1.1 million dollars, which is conforming. Something to be mindful of. First Republic. First Republic has actually also been pretty competitive with their rates. What I personally found was there. It depends really on case by case of who your service provider is. Some people have great service and they're really able to kind of cut through uh, a lot of com- really cut through a lot of the middlemen. Help you directly. There's more of that business relationship. The downside is they just got bought recently. They had to get saved by J.P. Morgan Chase. We'll really see how that unfolds because take a look at this. J.P. Morgan Chase is on the bottom of this list. You may have not heard many people get loans from Chase recently because they have wanted to not be competitive in the mortgage side of things. They increased their rates to be not wanting to be part of the business. But you see what happened with First Republic. So my guess is that First Republic will now become exiting out of the lending space altogether. I don't think they're going to be able to lend, especially with what they have going on. They're going to follow the mantra of what JP Morgan Chase has been doing. Next, Bank of America. Bank of America has been kind of throughout. Like they've been, a, I have a great lender there. They've been, depending on relationships, but they haven't been the most competitive with rates, but they've been all right. US Bank, PNC, similar. These companies are a little bit more flexible. Like uh, I personally got my my loan at PNC mainly because I had like an S Corp that didn't have as much of a much, uh Uh, as much seasoning uh, that a traditional bank like Wells Fargo may want and need. So they've been more flexible. So some people really like that option. Um, You can see Rocket Mortgage, right? Take a look at this, right? Of the top five, Rocket Mortgage is based on an online bank, in a sense, or a remote area bank. They only did 4%. And then you have United Wholesale Mortgage. Most people have not heard of United Wholesale, but if you work with a mortgage broker, so like my wife is a mortgage lender and, and a mortgage broker. They would then ultimately use potentially UWM, United Wholesale Mortgage. They are typically stronger for conforming loans. So more of that, those loans under 1.1, they tend to be stronger. Citibank is applicable, right? Citibank is in play. Union Bank, and then we round it up with J.P. Morgan Chase. A few of the notable ones, here's a top 15 Bay Area mortgage loan by average loan amount. It wasn't at the volume though, which was interesting, right? You saw a lot of them didn't even appear. HSBC, which deals a lot with more foreign money. Morgan Stanley, private bank. I've occasionally seen them. They not, haven't been too applicable. Silicon Valley Bank, well, they're not doing a whole lot of loans anymore. And the rest, we kind of saw. Golden One Credit Union, that's an interesting one. Bank of the West, interesting one, right? They did not round the top. Even the credit units were in play but they weren't there by volume. They were there by the average loan size. So kind of interesting. I don't know if most people would have guessed or would have thought that First Republic became the second largest residential lender because they did offer lower rates. Now the question mark is, did they overdo it? We will see. Um, They did have good customer service. Really depends on the individual salesperson. Just like there's no shortage of realtors out there depending on the salesperson, you may have good or bad experience, but you can't blame it all on the brand. So really, really interesting. Um, They've been really competitive, but now that they've been acquired and they had to be saved, I don't know if they will be as applicable anymore. Now, so one of the news that you heard recently, mortgage fees to rise for buyers with high credit scores fall for those with lower scores. This is a good chart. Kind of gives you a breakdown. What happens effective today? and what happens after uh, beforehand, May 1st. You can see the rate, the cost difference from a loan perspective. So today, if you had a really good credit, uh, you would actually be doing better than it was previously. 780 or above will actually be doing better than previously. So at the end of the day, it's still work to always get your best credit score. But even if it was above 700, you can see where does it impact the most? It basically impacts those between 760 to 700, right? The kind of the seven, 760 to some, uh, I'm sorry, seven, 779 to 700 where it impacts the most, right? Because at this amount, there is a little bit more of a cost than before, right? If you're thirty nine, 720, 739, your cost now is a half percent more. That's $5,000 to get a loan. But look at what happened with those previous people in, the, in under 659. They were at 3% before. And you can see now, if you're a 659 and below, you would have now saved quite a bit from 0.75%, which is $7,500, to now 0.25%. So as you can see, that was the difference. And that's why some people were up in arms. Now, keep this in mind. This is for a uh, conforming amount. So typically those under $1.1 million. So if you're a jumbo, don't worry about this. Irrelevant to you. But for all those others that are using, especially those starter homes, it makes potentially some impact. So I didn't you always want to be, try to be this top bracket. That's the key. Now, there is a cost difference. It's not like a crazy amount. It's not like your double payment, but it is annoying, and it is brought in uproar for those uh, that are kind of in this middle ground. So that's what's been going on. That's, what, that's what's been happening. That's the change that was effective as of today, May 1st. Next, in Silicon Valley, nearly a dozen renters compete for every apartment. Would-be home buyers squeezed by astronomical real estate prices and high interest rates are among those in the hunt." Wow. Look at that headline article. Astro- astronomical real estate prices. Well, they're not actually higher than it was before. But nevertheless, you can see, NEAR found that 11 renters were vying for every available South Bay apartment. Now, how does that compare to everyone else? It's always good to have perspective. This compares to a nationwide average of eight applicants, so it's not that much more competitive. But keep this in mind, a lot of people in the Bay Area have the ability to buy. They have tons of income still. They just choose not to buy. They did not get priced out. They just mentally wanted to take a break. Because think, that, think about this. Rates went from 5 to 6%. How much of a difference do you think that is of payments? That's actually equivalent to just about 9%. Rates from 4 to 6 Did that mean that your interest rate doubled? Does that mean it increased by fifty percent? Does that mean your monthly payment payments have increased by fifty percent? Answer is no. It means that's increased by twenty percent. If you went from a one point five million dollar home, or let's say let's round it, let's say you had a two million dollar option, and now it's twenty percent difference, that means your affordable is up to one point six. Does that mean you cannot buy a home? No. You may not be able to buy the same home in that city, and then you may want to give up, and then now you would compete for the renting. Give a lot of money to these la- large landlords that has been what's happening. So as you can see, there's been no shortage of money. Otherwise people will not be pushing up rents, having 11 people fight for one apartment, which is a little bit higher than what we have seen. Um, so this has to do with a lot of things, right? Return to office, a lot of people moving to the Bay Area, uh, people that now need to focus on these prime areas again. Commute is now a factor and an issue, right? These are all examples. So. That is what's happening. Now, how does this tie? Why did the South Bay get pointed here? Why does Silicon Valley get brought up? We have three live examples in the last month alone. Microsoft solidified San Jose presence with fresh property deal. Tech Titan now has bought several chunks of land in San Jose in recent years. This is nothing here. This is just a, literally a piece of dirt and they have bought this land. There is no building there. It's literally 20 acres of dirt. Now, what do they plan to do? Maybe they plan to build some data centers, plan to build some uh, office space. Looks like what they plan to do, they flow some development of five-story data centers. Incredible. There is so much data center activity in this region. Partially it's because of next to Santa Clara. Partially North First Street has a lot of uh, new commercial buildings. So those are just the general plans of what they are planning and hoping to do. They also plan to build another data center complex in the Alviso area. There's not a whole lot going on there. Most of this, as you can see, is just kind of industrial. So that's one news, right? Google, we heard that they were not going through the Google Village. But did you know they already had two massive buildings within this huge tech campus? These are brand new buildings that are already constructed. Now they actually are moving in. So while the downtown area is going through a reassessment, because that's a huge project, right? I mean, think about that. That's a massive project. Billions of dollars a project, but it doesn't mean they don't need more space, right? A lot of people have been returning back to the office, and so they still need space for them. So the fact is they have still continued to to get and and operate those spaces. In 2019, Google leased four North San Jose buildings, totaling a combined 729,000 square feet. These are all office buildings, by the way. These are not uh, data centers. So... um, you see that continue to happen. You see that activity. Um, these are just brand new buildings, right? Potentially 1500 to 1800 Google employees could work within these two buildings alone. So that's another news, another news. And last but not least, Apple doubles down in Cupertino. They had an older building and they're going to be re- replacing it with a new office building. They have an existing building right now that they occupy, which is kind of ugly looking now. It doesn't really fit the the Apple style, right? So it's 141,000 square feet. And they're going to be now um, making this into 280,000 square feet instead, doubling the amount of office space. They're going to literally tear down this building and build a brand new one. At that point, they will be able to double this from... 500 to 700 employees there to 900 to 1,400. So this shows that if a company like Apple is willing to tear down a building and then to build a new one, just to double the amount of workers, it just shows how much office space is important to them and why office space is so important for a lot of these corporate companies. What are your thoughts? Are you thinking about buying, selling, or investing? If if so, contact me. My contact details are going to be below 408-547-4590. I'd love to go over a game plan to help you every step of the way. Once again, my team has helped over 200 clients with their moves in the last couple of years. And if you're thinking about making a move, reach out direct so that I can help you find a place, get connected with lenders, but also ensure that you're buying the right home that's best suitable for your needs. If you like this video, subscribe, hit the like button. Otherwise, I'll see you in the next video. Bye now.